Hello again, everyone. Uh, this is Chase with the Sober Minded Podcast. I am a co-host. Um, so we had some of the same problems as we had before. I think we finally got them figured out. Um, but for this podcast specifically, uh, we are going to have to just upload audio. Um, we are going to put it on to YouTube. It's just going to be the audio with like a picture. So sorry for no video again. Um, we didn't lose hardly any of our audio. So the whole conversation is there. So I really hope you guys enjoy this podcast. And uh, yeah, thank you for stopping by once again. All right. Welcome back to the Sober Minded Podcast for episode three. Number three. Our uh, topic today will be love. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. Um, up front, I think we'll just say, um, so the link we've been sharing to that RSS uh, website, if, if you click on that link and it takes you to that website, you can stream directly from that website. So yep. if you don't have Spotify or um, soon to be Apple or Samsung yep. music, all that, yeah. uh, you can just stream directly from the a website so it's uh easily ob- obtainable for anyone that's right. interested yeah uh we've just been having a couple of people ask about it uh so that that is the easiest way to listen to it uh i don't know if you can download it off of the website i don't know um but it's there so you if you have a wi-fi connection or if you can listen on data uh you can listen to it so yeah, and it's uh, the full streaming, so you can even shut off your phone and it'll still play. Yep. So yep. that works out well. Cool. Well, uh, let's open up in prayer. Dear God, uh, thank you again for the opportunity to come together and try to make sense of this world. Uh, thank you for uh, the wisdom that you've given us through the Bible um, and uh, just wanting to have a relationship with us. I pray that you would guide us, um, guide us here. Uh, Help us to put something out that you would want us to put out and uh, try to speak truth uh, as well as we can. Uh, God, obviously, thank you for another amazing day. Uh, help us help us try to speak truth in the things that uh, that you need spoken truth into. This uh, this world has a lot to deal with, and, and uh, I think there's not a lot of us speaking up, so... Uh, we're here trying to uh, maybe speak out as as best as we can and uh, and uh, honestly just follow you and give it all for you Jesus name amen amen so so yeah my topic is love Uh, Chase had this idea because of the all-important Valentine's Day (laughs) (laughs) I well so for Valentine's Day it's more of a it's a topic that always kind of crosses your mind because you always see all the people posting and everything. And then obviously as a single guy, I've been single for the majority of my life. Uh, it's, it's one of those things it's like, Oh, well that would be nice. And then, you know, you start thinking about it a little too much. Um, so I had to get into the Bible because I needed something to comfort me. Um, especially in, in my high school years, that was where it hit me the most. Um, but I think uh, the comforting love of Christ is kind of what we're going to try to hit on mostly today. And uh, we do want to speak a little bit on like romantic relationships and in, and then in friendships. So, yeah. And 
the topic of love is so important today because it's been so skewed. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just skewed. It's yeah. I mean, when you have have acceptance for like the non-traditional love um, and then you have CEOs saying, you know, don't buy my product if you believe in traditional love. It, it, it makes it really, really hard for Christians, especially Christians that maybe maybe enjoy those products um you know uh, and as a christian i don't i don't think i could support people like that <laughs> yeah yeah and we always just want to come back to the bible and what god says about it Absolutely. as as much as it's often discarded as old and archaic yep. um yeah. there is truth truth in it and it is truth and it's not just our truth it is the <laughs> truth yep yeah that is Good, good distinction. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're gonna start in First John four, um, starting in verse seven. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. By this, the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Uh, no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him, and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. So, yeah, it ties back into what we've been saying of we're called to something more than just work. We're called to this love, and that's mm. that love is at the top. The right. love of God, the yep. love of love for others. Yep, and we kind of touched on that romantically, like with you and your wife, uh, last couple of um, podcasts that we've done, but... Um, for, for us as Christians, it's very comforting to know um, the one that created us loves us so immensely that he constantly just keeps chasing us no matter what sins we do or um, what, I mean, honestly, whatever we do, um, he loves us enough to, you know, just constantly keep after us. And I think that's a great thing, especially for people that don't feel like they get as much love as they may, might need. Yeah. Yeah, especially in so many, there's so many broken families. So yeah. that that understanding of what is love mm -hmm. and is there something that's real of unconditional mm -hmm. true love, you know? And uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, and I try to point people to Christ in anything I I can. Um, and obviously, like I said, I'm not perfect either. So. If somebody asks me a certain question, I'll always just say, well, hey, I don't know, but I'm sure the Bible touched on it sometime. So, yeah. Would you mind uh, hitting that damper? Uh, just so that it's shut down. It's kind of warming up. Yeah. I don't know. How does it feel, feel to you? It's a little warm, but it's not, it's not horrible. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Um. Yeah, so we did have uh, another verse that kind of ties into the, uh, John, and uh, this is going to be in Ephesians 4. Um, it's specifically verse 2. 
Um, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. And what I was thinking off of that, and there's probably a, a multiple interpretations off of this one verse. Well, off of these two verses, I guess. Um, but I think it kind of ties back into the loving one another as God has loved us. Um, just because for one, that's what he calls us to do. And for two, uh, well, he kind of made it a commandment. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it gets, it does get interesting, like, especially in the workplace of loving the other guys around you yep. where you want to keep that in mind, but you also like, there is a dynamic of yep. like, I love, I love you. Like I want the best for you, right? but I can't just let you push me around. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, yeah, and it's uh it's also that not being acceptant, but also uh how do I how do I phrase that? It's not being acceptant, but also being as loving as possible. Um there's things that people can do that you don't necessarily accept and you could say, Hey, you know, I don't enjoy that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna participate in that. But hey man, I want you to know that I still, you know, I still love you and I still be here for you. Like if you came to me and asked, Hey, how do I get rid of this, this problem? Or how do I stop doing something? Um, because I think we've all been there. Yeah, definitely. And on the work side that helps a team be more efficient yep. and get more done. Right. Um, in a, in a healthier manner of yep. when you all are showing, <clears throat> showing each other love and putting, putting the other's interests above your own in a in a responsible manner mm -hmm. um that puts you all on the same team yep. it makes you enjoy your work enjoy your co-workers it turns something that could be a negative of we're just here to work yeah. and uh, dang it i gotta put up with this guy over and over yeah. it changes yeah. that from a bad thing to those around you can see oh wow those guys really are efficient they get along mm -hmm. they enjoy their work they enjoy each other's company yeah. there's something different about that yeah it's not just this generic work image that you see everywhere all around mm -hmm. of i'm just here to work of i put up with this guy because i'm here mm -hmm. that's that standard that worldly standard but by setting ourselves setting our aim to that higher goal it's it's a witness to yeah, God. Yeah. And uh, in all honesty, like keeping that it keeps the tension of working with someone else, you know, because you're not obviously always going to agree with every little thing. But mm -hmm. I think when you guys can come to a, a big understanding of, hey, this is like our project. This is what we got to get done. Like, this is what I would like to get done today. If it doesn't happen, you know, oh, well, uh, keeping that understanding between you and your coworker. Um, at all times, I think that helps relieve the tension and it, it just makes a more fulfilled day. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Cause you're winning on both fronts. You're yep. winning on that physical front and also that spiritual relational front as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to like the workplace, I, I always see people struggling with that. Uh, well, especially obviously as a first year, it's, you kind of just have to grit your teeth at some things and it's, uh, it's it's a little bit hard because coming from like my standpoint at least uh, as a as somebody that's just been a first year for little little amount of time, I've known the the whole company for about two years now and 
it's you you know the people that really you do get along with and the people that you don't and you still want to speak as much love and truth into their lives as as much as the people that you do enjoy and you do get along with really well yeah yeah and it get, it does get difficult at at times 100 percent. oh yeah like yeah. that's something that i have to be careful of is like i've been working in the trade since i was 16 so i've dealt with a lot of old grumpy guys yep. that fling you a lot of crap yep and i have developed a lot of uh i'll fling it right back yeah and i do have to be careful mm-hmm. because sometimes that can get you in trouble mm-hmm. so yeah. it is finding that balance of i try to do it in a good natured right you know i yeah, just a fun play for yeah you're, you're, you have to get to know the person first yeah yeah okay will you find it uh comedic if i say right. this to you right. if so okay let's just have fun yeah. with it but not saying it to someone you don't know that would rub them the wrong way right yeah, and it is uh, that is actually a form of love, you know, just giving each other a little bit of of uh, slag here and there. Oh yeah. Um, just because, I mean, realistically, when you can mess around with somebody and you're still both like not having a bad time at all, it's pretty good because it's a fellowship. It is a form of fellowship. Oh, yeah. And it's a sign up. Like that's what I tell like my journeyman. Like I fling him crap, he flings me crap. Yeah. And uh, I tell him like. It's because I feel comfortable around you, right. you know, it's, yeah. we have a good time together. Mm-hmm. Just n- neither of us is getting actually offended at no, the other guy. No. We're just flinging each other crap. It's a bit of a pastime, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, well, so we wanted to touch, obviously, and we have, uh, we wanted to touch on just, just what love means, at least in just the workplace in general. Um, but we also wanted to touch on what God says is love, uh, and I think Ephesians five twenty five kind of kind of goes through that. Um, Josh had opened that up for us. Uh, kind of tells us what God means by His love to us, if that makes sense. Yeah. So um, I think if I start in verse twenty two, yeah, and go through that, it's it's a it's a passage that everyone has heard a mm-hmm. hundred times, but oh, yeah. often out of context or skewed yep but uh let's take a look at it uh, ephesians 5 t- starting in 22 wives be subject to your own husbands as to the lord for the husband is the head of the wife as christ also is the head of the church he himself being the savior of the body but as the church is subject to christ so also the wives ought to be t- uh, to their husbands in everything husbands love your wives just as christ just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife uh, loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of his body. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you is also to love his own wife even as himself, and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband." So, uh, the way that I've seen this taken in different roots, but 
the way I view it when it says husbands love your wives as mm-hmm. Christ loves the church is yeah. that sacrificial aspect yeah. where yep. he, he loved, he loved the church so much that he died for us. Yep. And, and as men, we're called to that. We're called to, if it actually came to it, you know, give up your wife in defense, give up your life in defense <laughs> of your wife. Yeah. Um, but that's not on a daily basis. Right. Um, right. Some, I forget who's, who said it, but it stuck with me. Um, and they made the point that for guys, it's a lot easier in their mind to make that final sacrifice. Like, mm-hmm. cause it's pretty easy to say, yeah, I would, I would die for my wife, right. you know, but it's a lot harder to make that sacrifice on a day-to-day basis on smaller things. Right. That's right. daily sacrifice of like, like we'd already talked about, like mm-hmm. I want to just be alone right now, but I need to give her, I need to sacrifice that and give her some of my time. Right. I need to sacrifice what I want to do to be there for her. Yeah. Which that's way more difficult in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I've never had to had to give up my life. Right. But no, yeah. But you know that that uh that's something that in my mind is easier to accept than the okay, let's let's go do something. Okay, let's let's hang out right now and you know. Yeah. So that uh, sacrificial love can yeah. take on different forms, but right. it's what we're called to do. And, and I think with God, um, that kind of comes in the many forms as of, you know, obviously he provides, he is, he is the great comforter. He is all these things to us. I think that's, that's kind of where it comes from, um, out of Ephesians. And yes, when it's talking about, um, with your wife, of course, uh, the little, the little things, the little things is kind of, um, that can actually be a really big sacrifice sometimes, you know, saying, Hey, we're not able to afford, well, for my case in this instance, we're not able to afford some ammo this, you know, this month for when you want to go shooting. Oh, well, yeah, darn. I mean, you got to do what's, what's best for your family. And so it is like those little, those little sacrifices. And, um, God kind of makes that clear to us that that's what he does for us every single day. And he did the biggest sacrifice for every single one of us. And, uh, and and that was all done out of love. Everything he does is out of love for uh, for us. And um, and what we didn't touch on, um, which I think we should kind of touch on a tad bit, is uh, the love from a distance. Uh, we I we talked about it a little bit last week, but it was um, lost in yeah translation. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but the love from a distance uh, where where you could be supportive of somebody you could you could want that person to to strive and we kind of already talked about this on the job site like hey i don't you know i'm i'm support you i'm going to support you and i'm going to love you but i can't accept what you're doing right now you know that kind of same deal where at least with a family member like if say they're on drugs and you you'll be there the whole time and say hey i love you i want you to know that you have somebody that is rooting for you you have a reason to get off of these drugs um now you just have to do it and sometimes that's really hard especially because sometimes the only way they learn that is from you excommunicating and saying hey i cannot accept you in my life until you clean up because it is too hard for me too hard for my family and uh i think i think that is a very hard 
subject of love. And sometimes people don't want to see that side. Yeah. Well, and it's, it gets a lot more blurry on where is the line of I'm trying to be there. I'm trying to help you. But if you're not reciprocating any effort into being better or helping yep. yourself get out of that rut, mm-hmm. at what point do I say, okay, I can't be devoting all this time because it's draining um, other areas of my life. Yep. So I'm going to take a step back. I still love you. I'll be here for you when you come around. I'll be rooting for you. But um, I got to take a step back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it really like it really just goes back to the sacrificing. You're really sacrificing, you know, your time and your effort for somebody that might not be wanting to do the same for you, you know? Yeah. Um, I've seen it in a couple of my family members and it, it is hard. It really is. It's hard to just say, Hey, I can't, I can't sacrifice my time for you anymore. I can't, I can't come and help you with this or that. I can't help you with money because, Oh, maybe I, I can't make a payment this month or something like that. And, uh, it, it is really hard to, um, touch on that subject and not really get into the, uh, the, Oh, how should I say it? The feelies of some people, because it is, it, I mean, it is a really big thing and it's constant in this world. Um, especially like you said earlier with broken families, it's, it's a yeah. hard thing to touch on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so maybe we'll just take a quick little side route. Something that <laughs> something that has bothered me for a while that does pertain to this is mm. the misusing love and placing self love at that highest pedestal. Oh, yeah. And yeah. you've been at least I've noticed you see it more and more in culture. These yep. Yep. okay, like your feelings are the pinnacle. Mm. And if anything else is impeding that, if anyone else is impeding that, cut them out because yeah. you don't, they don't deserve to have you. And, um, that talking about this love here, that's exactly not the kind of love right. that we see repeated over and over through the Bible. Yep. That's not sacrificial. Nope. You're not just trying to help yourself, you know, and there is a degree that you need to be content with where you are. You can't constantly not content, but understanding, okay, where I am, I'm not hating myself. I want to strive to keep going forward, Mm -hmm. but there is that degree. You shouldn't be hating yourself all the time. Oh yeah. But oftentimes putting in effort to other people, I mean, in loving other people comes back to you and makes you feel better. And I believe full heartedly that that's why the depression rate is so high mm-hmm. in America right now is is that total focus on self love right where it's all that matters and like we went into Abby and I were getting a wedding present the other day we were in TJ Maxx <laughs> and there was this journal that was like a self love journal yeah and it said like my positive thoughts and yeah. on and on which yeah. there is there is some um, benefit to that. But that's not what we're what we're supposed to be putting at the top of our lives and right, the top of right. our goals. Yeah, um, there's there's definitely a good fine line uh, with that. Yeah, I, I, I get what you mean. Um, the one thing I personally see um, with the self-love like movement, um, it's like I was kind of explaining to you yesterday, last night. Um, it, it's really big into the gym culture. A lot of people 
either they think really highly of themselves, they have like a big God complex, or or they don't they don't think of themselves at all. And um, it's really disheartening when you see a bunch of people that either aren't content with their with themselves with their with who they are, or you see people that are, oh, I'm the best person in the world. I'm never gonna give anyone or anything or whatever a chance at being a part of my life because oh I don't need anything you know it, and it's it's not um, it's not what we're called to be as humans <laughs> uh, humans are, are made for relationship uh, I mean obviously the biggest relationship we can have is with Christ and uh, and I think the whole self-love when you're talking about depression and everything yeah that reflects back on on people not not necessarily either loving themselves enough or they love themselves too much where if you love yourself way too much, you're never going to have a happy family. You're never going to have a spouse that, you know, you really can really enjoy because, hey, I love myself more than you. Like yeah. that kind of deal. And on the flip side, um, where people are like, well, I don't love myself enough. I, I compare myself to say, well, the whole Kim Kardashian movement where people really wanted to look like Kim Kardashian and it's like, no, you were you're made a certain way for a certain reason. Yeah. I think just being content you don't have to necessarily be content where you're at, but knowing knowing the specific reason that you're doing something. I think that's where I'm trying to hit a little bit more. Like for me, I I didn't have necessarily that many problems with my body. I just really wanted to be stronger. So that's why I started going to the gym. And it wasn't necessarily because I hated my body. It wasn't that I hated that I wasn't as strong as some people. It was I just personally wanted to be stronger. <laughs> so um, it's really hard because it really touches on that subject within the gym community. And and that's a big thing for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. And like the Bible says, girls shouldn't even be wearing makeup. Right. Because he made them perfect. So. Really, it's a sin if you're wearing makeup. So just keep that in mind. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> no, totally no. Kidding. Um, <laughs> but I mean, uh, there is a point where it's it's too much of a worry on some females. I, f- I feel um, because realistically, they are very beautiful. They are made to be beautiful, and I think um, there's nothing wrong with it. I don't I don't find anything wrong with makeup at all. But I do think it can get out of hand, and that's with everything. No, yeah, I agree. It, you know, like we keep tying back to is what's the meaning behind it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you want to be presentable, you know? You right. want to put yeah. you want to be presentable. You're representing yourself, you're representing yep. God. Um but as long as that isn't your focal point, that's yep. not the yep. reason you're here. Yep. Is to bring yourself glory and, you know, right. yep. just benefit yourself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I think that's a very good observation. Um that you made about the gym too because it does it does i believe goes hand in hand with the proliferation of this self-love thing right where it's good to be healthy but a lot of people are doing it just to make their image better mm-hmm. to boost their ego yeah which yeah you you want to be you want to be fit you want to be able to help others around you mm-hmm. but we got to keep God at the top of our priorities. And that's what this keeps coming back to is you see in culture that, that getting rid of God leaves you, leaves a hole in you that you try to fill with other things, but it won't fill it up. Right. And it is, it is sad when you look at the culture and 
you know, like you feel bad for these for these girls that you see are just depressed um, that aren't getting the love that they can get from from God. You know? Right. Yeah. And it's just like I said, it's very disheartening. It it makes you long for some people. And there's some people that you you reach out to and you just know that they may not ever change, but you still got to reach out to them because you feel as if you have to do so. Um, and like God said, like that is that is our job. We, we are to love one another, no matter what that means. You know, the hard love aspect is also loving one another. Yeah. If I cut you off because I'm I don't I can't have that in my life that is still trying to be loving to you, you know, um, but from a distance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And not falling into that trap of I'm cutting you out of my life because you are just a burden on me and you are just going to drag me down and there's no hope for you. Right. You know, you have to approach that from a loving manner. Yeah. Because I I have seen Christians do that where they, they start to run that risk of setting themselves on a pedestal and Mm -hmm. one bad apple will ruin the whole bunch. So we need to be separate. Okay. Let's look, let's look at what Jesus did. Right. Was he spending all his time with the Pharisees? Heck no. (laughs) He was, you know, he actually spoke out against the Pharisees most of the time. Um, Yeah. And he had his, he had his core group of believers, you know, Mm -hmm. you want to be surrounded by people who will lift you up and you lift them up. But he was also going out to others to be that witness. And once you run, once you take that bit out of the equation of right. oh i'm just a sinner as well you know yeah. i fail yeah. it's because of grace that mm-hmm. i'm saved yep. once you take that out it's real easy to run the risk of i'm a christian i'm better than you yeah yeah and we do not want to fall into that yep uh the one thing which is funny uh you mentioned his core group it's pretty funny if you look at most of his core group of christians a lot of them were not Christians yeah. before he met them. I think it was what only Job, that was a devout Christian. Think, um, like in the canon of the Bible. Yeah. Um, I w- I was meaning more like Jesus's disciples. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I mean, just in general, I I think um, I mean for a lot of a lot of what he did, a lot of people were not Christians before they met him. A lot. And, yeah. Um, I'm yeah. not saying that, oh, being a Christian before he comes back, oh, we're not going to. No, that's not what I'm saying. It's it's more of, um, it's kind of judging a book by its cover, to put it more simply, because a lot of people will just write people off for some things. And it's, and God says, no, 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 no. They still, they still need you. Like, they still need me. Yeah. <laughs> they need you to speak to them about me. Um because maybe they have something going on in their life. Maybe maybe they just need to hear about me. Yeah, and through that whole canon of the entire Bible, right. we see God working with people who make failure after failure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and still God wants to work with them. Yeah. And it, at no point is it, you know, you become a Christian and then you're instantly this holy being of... Yeah. I have everything put together, you know, life is easy. Yeah. I never will make another mistake. Well, like you, you personally know that with my life. <laughs> At oh, least. well, all of us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I fail all the time. Yeah. You know, and yeah, that's something we want. 
we don't have it all figured out, no, you know, not at all. we don't, we don't want to be putting off this air that we do. And that's why we're speaking to you. Right. We're, we're trying to figure it out just as much as, as everyone as else. As everyone else. So, we, and we, we fail, we fail, yeah. but God's grace covers us and we're grateful. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's it ties back to that love, you yeah. know, when, yeah. when you fail over and over and God still is gracious to you, yeah. still loves you. In fact, he chases after us. Yeah. You know, it's not just, I love you. It's, I am coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically for you. Yeah. And it, it's almost, it keeps it more in mind when you fail. Like, mm-hmm. like, oh shoot, I just failed again, but God still loves me. You know, I, I ought to uh, show that love to others around yep. me because yeah. I'm experiencing that. Yep. Um, we did have other verses. Um, if you want to read them off, we can. Uh, I think they kind of do tie in a little bit to kind of what we're talking about right now, too. Yeah. Yeah, sounds um, good. So I got uh, First Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. Um, first Corinthians 13, uh, verse 4 through 5. And uh, uh, this is, I just had it. Here it is. Uh, this one kind of pertains, I think, a little bit more to, um, like, the spiritual love aspect, I think. I haven't, I haven't read it, so I need to, I need to read it. Sounds good. <laughs> um, all right. If I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only resounding gong or clanging symbol so uh that one actually i lied i did kind of read it but this uh this was the only verse i did read of that so uh for me that verse is pretty funny because it's talking about tongues and we're you know we always got to speak in tongues man no yeah i mean that's the foundation of our christianity is can you speak in tongues (laughs) no um but uh, I think it's funny because he's he's talking about my understanding of that, just that particular verse. I think he's trying to explain, like, if I'm speaking God's word or if I'm speaking out towards something and I do not speak of it in love, then it is just as good as a as a loud explosion. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's kind of my understanding. I don't know necessarily um, exactly how he's trying to go about saying that, Um But like I said, I'm going to read through that more. Um, And I started at verse 13, but I wrote down four, uh, four through five. So if I have a gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith, then that can move mountains, but do not have, do not have love. I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gave nothing. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, does not boast, and it is not proud. So, I love that. I, I actually really love that because, um, like I said, you uh, especially for Valentine's, you see all these people, and don't get me wrong, it's good to be, hey, this is my spouse and I really love them. Um, but I think there is a fine line there where you're, Hello? <laughs> well, that was weird. <laughs> I think there's a fine line there 
where uh, the love kind of does um, get to self-worship or spouse worship, I should say, where you're more of, oh, this person's really amazing and really great. But it's not like, oh, hey, I'm putting this person up here because I want I want people to know this is who treats me right every day. This is who provides for me every day or this is who I provide for every day. You know, um, I think it's, it's a really fine line, um, especially when it comes to being romantic. Um, you just have to be careful with. Uh, I mean, there is a, a certain expectation of love, obviously, going into a relationship. Um, but when it comes to when it comes to that, I think that's more of like a self-worship kind of thing. Yeah, I think um, that's something that as we need to keep in mind as Christian couples, as Christian husbands and wives, um, it's the two of us coming together to bring glory to God, not I'm going to bring glory to my wife mm-hmm. or she's going to bring glory to me. Yeah. It's we lift each other up to lift God up yeah. because that's that's what we're trying to do. And yeah, that is an interesting observation of that spouse worship almost or significant other worship we see in culture of um someone made the observation that like mainstream country music now Mm -hmm. there's a lot of the like there's a lot of songs that are worshiping the female like have you noticed that like king brown has all those songs Mm -hmm. and then like dan and shay or whatever i don't know but um but and it's like this worship of them, which right. is which is interesting because you see it's this like pendulum where ten years ago and like or whatever in the twenty tens mm-hmm. there was that bro country of objectifying women, right? And then the pen, pendulum swung, and now mm-hmm. it's the worshiping of, of women, women. Where yep. as dudes, you want to lift up your wife, absolutely, but, yeah. But what's the purpose of that? What's the meaning of that? Is to bring mm-hmm. glory to God, yeah. Um, and I. I that's kind of where I was trying to get at. Um, and you kind of explained it perfectly is it's more of a, I'm not necessarily doing this for my human spouse, but it is for us to be able to lift up, lift up God and show what God has given us as a couple. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, marriage itself, it's the closest we get. One of the closest we get on this earth of experiencing like true unity of that like spiritual unity Mm -hmm. as is repeated over and over like in that verse that i read but um also in genesis 1 um like in verse um sorry um like in verse 22 we could start the lord god fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Um, And the man and his wife were both naked and not ashamed. And it's this this spiritual unity. And I I think that's an element that has been has been kind of left behind in modern culture of we aren't just getting married for to have two incomes in our household, you know, it's this experience where we're called together to this beautiful intertwining of Mm. our spirits, our flesh. We are becoming one person in the eyes of God. It's, you know, it's that image of the, the Trinity, Mm -hmm. you know, we get, we get a certain semblance of that, that we get to experience. Yeah. 
the tr- the true the true form of being a human <laughs> in God's eyes uh, is that form of completion. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because God talks a lot about completion in the Bible, and He makes that very clear to us that that is the main form of completion as humans is the two becoming one. Um, and and yeah, like you said, it does become um, a really good symbol of the Holy Trinity, um, where it's you, your spouse, and God. Yeah. And it's that's all it is. No one else. You know, um, I think we have a disconnect in a lot of society where a lot of people, like you were saying, think it's, oh, it's just two incomes now. Oh, or it's, oh, I can afford a certain car now because we both make this amount of money. You know, and yes, that's those are good things taken in context. But um, I think when it becomes the only reason that you either have a spouse or move in with somebody, it's just it, it, it really goes back to that. Oh, we're being very humanistic now. Yeah. Um, and it it's kind of we've taken the byproducts of marriage and made them the basis for marriage where you know like the two incomes together the two the two of you raising your kids those are the byproduct of this marriage unit and we've we've made those the reason for marriage right right and i that's why when you have those things as the basis of your marriage that's when it makes things very difficult Mm -hmm. because you're missing that key key aspect and trying to keep that in mind that we're we're part of something bigger you know it helps that day to day, that daily sacrificial love. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like yeah. I'm not just sacrificing my time so that we can get along, so that we can occupy the same house and right. have right. a little bit more money. No, I'm sacrificing that time to love you, to bring glory to God, to come together and fulfill that calling. Yeah. And like you said, it, it becomes the basis of marriage. Um, like you see it a lot of days now in culture. Uh, oh, well, you're pregnant when you're not married, which, in my opinion, that shouldn't happen. But uh, now you have to get married. Well, the marriage happens first out of the Bible. It, it, the marriage portion of that should happen first. Um, and then obviously raising your own family, having a kid are byproducts of you being married, starting a family. Um, and yeah, like it, it, it is a very bad divide when it comes to Christianity and and that's kind of what we want to speak out into is that when it comes to romantic love it's a very hard sub- subject because we are called as Christians obviously to get married and that's how we express our love um, just in our family and in our the things that we do um, like you guys you you built a house and you guys have a good thing going here you and that's really good and but there's some people you know the, the way that they start their life is oh we have a child first and then now we have to get married oh because we have this child and we don't want them to be not wedlocked and stuff like that so um i think it's very hard uh especially in this society and it's really gotten um accepted or normalized i should say uh in today's society because a lot of people that that's just how it goes um it's that's kind of just how everything is nowadays. Um, but that's not how it's supposed to be. No. And and again, the, the disregard for traditional institutions, um, they aren't just set up that way so that 
someone can have dominion over the other, right. you know? So for example, that passage in Ephesians of wives submit to your husbands, mm -hmm. husbands love your wives sacrificially, mm -hmm. you know, those are different roles. We have different roles. Absolutely. The, that isn't based on, um, giving the man power over the woman. Mm -hmm. There isn't anything wrong with that structure when both, when the two people, the husband and the wife, live out their roles correctly, it sets you up for a good marriage. Yep. There's there's a reason why God set it up like that. Yep. Um, and again, when it's done cor correctly, when it's done incorrectly, where the husband forces his wife to submit but doesn't show her that love, that's incorrect. Yep. When, the, when uh, the wife tries to take control, um, that's incorrect. Yep. Where... At that point, it becomes a failed, a failed experiment, just like anything else. Right. But when both of, the, when the two halves do their parts, that lifts them both up. Mm -hmm. There's reasons for these traditions. There's reasons yeah. for these institutions. Right. And you know, when you both live those roles, and then you have kids, that's setting your kids up for success. Yep. There's a reason for this structure. It's not just some power play. Yep. But people yep. like to say, oh, it's just some power play. That's the only reason. So get rid of marriage. There's no reason. And then you have all these single parents and these kids being raised up with um, half of their parent parental structure. Right. And that's setting them up for a har much harder road. Um, but it comes back to there's that purpose for these traditions. and You can't just mm. throw them out. For the basis of throwing them throwing them out yeah right and i and i think that kind of uh that also helps tie into what i wanted to say as well um dating in the generation that we are in too mm -hmm. um it's a very difficult thing because a lot of um the culture has accepted that you just date the hook up right it's you're just dating just to have a good time for maybe three or four months you know do what you want and then you break up right um and i and i think well, obviously, that's not how it was made. <laughs> it's yeah. not what it was made for. Dating is made for marriage. Um, going into uh, going into any relationship uh, romantically with the expectation of um, marriage actually holds you guys both on a higher standard of how you how you should be towards each other. And dating is basically that period of figuring out if it's going to work or not. Um, but nowadays it's so skewed to where it's to the point where, um, well, like I was saying, it's like, oh yeah, we're just dating to have fun. Oh, oh, we're just, I'm just looking for a buddy to go have drinks with. So we'll, I guess we'll call it dating or I'll guess I'll, we'll call it a, a relationship or, you know, it's more of uh, it's more of just a, uh, how do I explain it? It's, it's just a fun thing. It's, it's a self glorification. Yeah. Yeah, it's become almost a hobby. Yeah. And in that so this right now we're trying to speak speak advice to that younger generation to the kids that we know that are in high school. Mm -hmm. When you approach dating, keep in mind what the purpose of dating is, like mm -hmm. Chase was saying, where it's not just some hobby. It's not just something you do because other people do it. You when you're approaching these romantic relationships, you're wanting to look forward into your future as much as you can do that yep. from a high schooler standpoint. Right. Um, and you're trying to figure out, is this someone 
who I want to set myself up with in life to for the betterment of the world around us, for our betterment and the betterment of our future children. Yeah. Is that someone who you see fitting into that role well? Um, it It's not just some fun hobby you're doing. You're not just checking a right. list of... Okay, well, that's a few months with that girl. Uh, yeah. Oh, here's a yep. few months with this girl. It keep that in mind. I I know it's it's hard as as especially in high school. Like oh, yeah. we're both we're both young enough. We we know, you know. I think that's where a lot of divide comes from. Is people like that are older than us. They don't quite remember what it's like when you're in high school. And right. You right. don't have a job. You don't have. You don't necessarily have that sense of purpose. Mm. You're. You're just being pushed through this educational system, yep. trying to figure out what you want to do, um, but you don't have the tools to know what you want to do yep. yet. Yep. Um, and I get it. It's really tough because you do want somebody by your side. You yep. have that longing. But I would I would advise reevaluating, OK, what is the purpose? What am I looking for in a relationship long term? Mm-hmm. And the flip side of that, how can I set how would I be setting myself up for failure if I approach it wrong? Right. And the the effects that will have on me and my future family because yep. those mistakes that you make travel with you through your life. Yep. Um, and you can overcome them, but that doesn't mean they don't exist. Right. Yeah, and it kind of um, that speaks into a little bit of Adam and Eve's uh, situation too um, where obviously that was Adam's longing was to provide and protect um, and set himself up for, um, well, a f- well, not until a lot of things happened, obviously for a family, but, um, but that was, that was the thing is Adam and Eve, Eve was made of his very own flesh and, uh, and he was called to provide, protect and um, obviously it's speaking more on a lot of what goes on in relationships nowadays. But, um, when, when the snake basically had talked to Eve, uh, Adam should have been there and should have, should have immediately shut it down. Um, and that was on Adam, but it was also on Eve that she was talking to him in the first place. So it's like that, that great, um, like, hey, we have to both do our jobs. And um, if you don't set yourself up, especially as a young man in high school, um, trust me, I dealt with this too. If you don't set yourself up with the right companion to be able to um, necessarily do both of your jobs correctly or efficiently, um, then yeah, sometimes one wavers more than the other and sometimes things happen. Um, not saying that anyone's ever perfect, um, but there's always always a great option out there you just have to find it yep yeah and and waiting for that for that right person to come um like we said will set yourself up not only yourself but that person up for success yeah later down the road yeah and keep in mind when you're getting in these relationships in high school um, are you able to, at that point, fill your manly role in that relationship? Yeah. You know, and, um, and again, I mean, a big part of the dating is you're trying to figure out, figure out 
figure out if that person is the one that you right. would want to be with. You know, right. there is that learning curve. You yeah. don't know that person right off the bat nope. fully. You don't know all their beliefs right off the bat. Mm-hmm. So there is a bit of a experimentation where you're just coming together in the dating and trying to learn more about each other. Oh, yeah. But um, but being able to, if it isn't the right fit, being able to step back and not falling into a rut of, well, I've been talking to her for a few months now, so we're basically married. So even yeah. though things are really going down the drain, uh, I'm stuck now. Like, yeah. Like, uh, no, just keep in mind up front. OK, I'm trying to figure out if this person is right um, with my with my goals in mind of what am I looking for in a wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'll really help you. Yeah. And guys, figuring out, figuring that out early in the relationship and early in your life, especially as early as high school. Um, I think that that will help you set up, even if you're not necessarily dating in your, in your twenties, like I am, um, it will help set up a lot of things down the road. Um, and you realistically, you just want to live a life that's full of God and you want to, um, give glory to God. So that kind of goes along with finding the right partner finding somebody obviously that's evenly yoked with you, um, finding somebody that really wants to chase God with you. Um, and that personally, I feel like, uh, you have to find somebody like that. Uh, you really do. Um, cause it's not going to work out any other way. And it's just setting yourself up for a much better marriage, Thank you, sir. um, down the road. Like I have an aunt who, didn't get married till she was in her 30s at some point. Um, I'm not really good with ages. So I always get them all mixed up. But um, she was, I believe, in her 30s. Um, so way past the deadline of what people think you should be waiting. But she ended up with a great guy. And they have a great marriage that as a, as a teenager... I thought was fake. I yeah. like it was it was so good that I straight up thought that they were just putting on a face for everyone because right. because I thought that marriage isn't that great. I like realistically <laughs> marriage is just you're putting up with someone and when you're around people you put on this face like everything's fine but realistically it sucks. Yeah. So when I would see them and they're just having a good time it's like yeah they're just putting on a face but no they were truly enjoying each <laughs> other's marriage and that's something that was a learning curve with me with Abby was yeah. I had a skewed view of relationship yeah. and marriage and I was straight up waiting for something to go wrong yeah because I thought things were too good yeah. but it turns out no when you get the right person things are good and it it's a whole new level and it's right. uh, this term gets overused in our culture, but it's a blessing, you know, it's, it's a straight up blessing. Um, and it gives you that basis, but you don't just live on that basis. It's not just, Oh, our marriage is good. I can just kick back. No, it gives you that baseline, but I need to be constantly putting in that effort. She needs to constantly be putting in that effort so that we keep rising together to bring glory. Yeah. And, uh, like you said on, I believe it was our first podcast. Um, the fact that you and Abby are so alike that you get along so well, I think that plays a good part in having, having a good marriage as well. Um, obviously that's not going to be the the thing you stand on. Um, but it does help. Uh, I feel like 
if it's somebody that you can easily talk to and uh and this is why i i actually strongly believe in having a good friendship or even a good understanding of the person before you get into a, a romantic relationship um with them i think because it will help you in the um understanding each other part later down the road because you you can already talk to each other you already you know know what each other what what you can do hobby wise that will help you connect you know yep and another thing to keep in mind as you're approaching these relationships is let's just think it through so you're never going to agree fully with somebody nope. everyone has some variance and opinion um so you want to keep in mind okay how much variance am i willing to accept um and there are core beliefs that you will have that you should not sacrifice in a relationship so yeah. like like as a christian you should marry a christian woman and yep. so what is what is the reason for that well someday you're going to have kids what are you going to teach those kids you have two different views unless you come to some kind of compromise and as a christian you can't compromise your conviction on say the the deity of christ and you know those fundamentals right. you yeah. can't compromise on certain things you can yeah. compromise on where they go to school stuff yeah, like exactly. that um but so there so what are you willing to sacrifice um um and another factor that pairs with that is how well can you and that woman resolve inner conflict mm. between the two of you yeah because if you have a lot of variance and you cannot resolve conflict easily that's a heck of a situation that mm. you're setting yourself in especially once you have kids because then how are you gonna know what to tell your kids is truth if both of you have different opinions and you can't reach some kind of solution that's really setting yourself up for failure and a hard time mm -hmm. so those are two things to kind of keep in mind is okay how much variance and on what topics am i willing to compromise because you have to compromise to some degree and how well can me and this person resolve our conflicts and yeah. that that's a big one that abby and i um we we can resolve conflict very well between the two of us um not on our simply our own merit yeah um but it sets it sets us up well where like we haven't yelled at each other yet <laughs> that i mean you can you can say oh you're only married for two years or there's people who say well that's a bad thing no it, we don't not yell at each other because we don't confront each other we don't yell at each other because we can resolve them without yelling yeah because yeah. we can view it through the light of what's the merit of yelling? Uh -huh. like what, what's our goal here? We're trying to come to a solution. And again, we don't always do that the best right. way. I'm right. My personality, I get quiet. We're all just, I don't want to talk about it. So I'm just going to, okay, whatever. And that's, that's a bad habit. That's a bad trait that I have that I have to work on and figure out. Um, so yeah, that conflict resolution is a big is a big aspect in those relationships too where you don't you know like you see these marriages where people are just yelling at each other all the time and taking yeah. digs and it's mm -hmm. not it's just not fun to be around at all yeah. 
Have um, you have you ever seen uh, the movie God's Not Dead, the first one? I did uh, like a long time ago. Long time ago. There is a uh, we just rewatched it as a family not too long. Ago. Well, me and my mom did, um, and uh, there's a situation in that movie that's it's very disheartening, um, where this Christian female is married to an atheist man, um, and it is that situation where they can't ever come to an agreement on anything, uh, and it, it gets down to the point where obviously they split up in the movie. No spoiler. Well, it's been out since 2014. So if you haven't watched it, it's kind of your own fault. Um, but they, they split up and eventually, you know, he realizes a lot of things after they split up like, oh, hey, maybe maybe I was wrong in this. And um, he obviously he he was the professor of that kid that was talking about uh, talking about God. Like they made it that whole semester about a debate versus him and this atheist, uh, this atheist professor, right? See the one I just, somebody got hit by a car. Yes. That that was him. Yeah. So it, it is that, that same situation. It's because they had obviously different opinions on, um, well, I, I don't like to use this term, but we'll use it for the sake of complexity religion. They had different religious views, um, that, that affected how they both, for one spoke to each other, um, how they both dealt with, uh, like hardships in their relationship. Um, and I think that is a big thing. Obviously, um, you do have to worry about who you get into a relationship with because, um, you're not, you're not going to always, obviously always going to be a hundred percent. Oh yeah. We're, we're perfect a hundred percent of the time, but the, the, the small amount of changes that you can make to, and I don't want to say have it easier on yourself because it's not about ease. It's about uh, the the actual representation of what God has set on earth for us. Yeah. And ease isn't the goal, but ease does play into that. Right. Into yeah. that goal of that unity where when things are easier you can work harder on other aspects to help lift that up exactly when you're not quarreling over things that aren't as crucial to that unity when you're bypassing that you can focus on other aspects which helps you get to that next level yeah yeah Yeah, and that kind of explains it a little bit better um and you know it is very hard and uh kind of tying that back into dating in the relation or in the uh like uh situation we have ourselves on this earth uh it is very hard it will be like and you probably already figured this out it is probably the hardest thing as a teenager to go through um finding the right one uh finding someone for one that you can get along with that you align with um obviously i would tell you start at church (laughs) uh and and then you also have resources you always have you know, maybe your parents are Christians. They probably know people that have other people the same same age as you. Um, and then your friends try to keep a good friend group around you. Um, who your friends are kind of reflect who you are. Um, if you're friends with, and not saying that God wasn't around people that were, as we call it, lesser. Um, and I use that term lightly. I do not mean that as like a, oh, I'm better than you. But just take a look at who you're friends with. If if it's people that you don't necessarily want to see yourself 
you know, in a, in a group with, then reevaluate that. Um, obviously, you know, if you have good friends, they're always going to, they're going to be there for you. They're going to want the best for you and they're going to help you on that search. Um, now, however that goes, you know, good luck, but, <laughs> uh, it is a big thing. Like, um, I've noticed specifically, I always had, um, not bad friends, but necessarily sometimes friends that weren't Christians. And, uh, that kind of didn't help play a part into what I was looking for as a, as a, as a man looking for a female, it didn't help. Um, because well, for one, it was their opinion that they're necessarily not a Christian. So they had different opinions on what a female should look like, um, or a, a good female should look like for me. Right. Um, but I think that is the biggest thing you need to, uh, to, to look for. You have to find somebody that, um, has a good relationship with, with Christ. And you have to look for someone that you, my main basis is good relationship with Christ and someone you can get along with. There's a lot of things that you can kind of get over. Um, like if the person doesn't necessarily love, uh, country music, you know, sometimes you just play a little bit less country music and listen to what they like to listen to. That Those are the compromises that you were talking about, you know, um, where you can kind of intermingle and um, switch a little things around that not they're not really a big deal. Um, and they may seem like it at first, but um, but I, I feel there's some situations where you could really, as long as God is your standpoint, and everything you do, a lot of it doesn't matter like at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you said, where you are looking for girls or for where you're looking for a romantic partner, you could say like for the girl's perspective too. Right. Um, that's kind of your baseline. If you're looking for a spouse at some drunken party, that's already giving you a baseline of who that person is. Yeah. You know, you're, you've already learned an element of that person. Right. You right. know, based on where they are, how they're acting. Yep. Um, Josh, you're mansplaining right now. Mansplaining. Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to hell. Probably. <laughs> no, no, I understand though. Like it, it all goes back to like um, what you look for is you know or where you look for especially is what you're gonna get um if i'm going to a country concert and not saying that all all females at a country concert are gonna be the same way but you can kind of expect like if they're partying and drinking the whole time at the concert and cursing their mouth off which i don't have a huge problem with but you know you don't there's a point um that's who they are you know that's what they're gonna want to do on a weekend whereas if say you just like to go shoot guns every now and then or go ride ATVs or whatever. Um, those aren't gonna, those aren't gonna mix as well as you might want them to. Um, and it is hard. I mean, it is really hard to find. And obviously you're not going to find someone that's exactly the same as you. Um, but I think finding that good balance of, um, having a good friendship, I think helps a lot, uh, when it comes to, well, a relationship romantically and, and a marriage eventually, um, just because you do have that, that standby basis that you can work off. Of. Yeah. 
and we're not trying to paint with too broad of a brush because there is times where it's good to let loose with friends. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we're just saying there is an element of however that person is acting at that moment that is in that is a variable that is a yeah. part of them. Absolutely. Um, so that is something to keep in mind. Um, we didn't um, we didn't get to touch on like well we did a little bit like the friendship aspect of love too. Um, did you want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah. Um, just kind of speaking uh, straight out. Um, also, uh, just so everyone knows, like we're trying to be as correct as we can be, but there is we are just talking for hours on end and it's all being recorded and um we're gonna try to do our best but 100 percent we're gonna get certain things wrong it, yeah it is a oh, little absolutely. intimidating yeah you know i i'm trying to be as precise with my words yeah but um just well, give us a little yeah. grace with that right because well and that's what i was saying is uh i was actually speaking to my dad about that and he's like well you're going to get attacked about certain things and uh well it's just you know it is trying to trying to explain yourself and not trying to sound like, oh, I know everything and not trying to sound like, oh, I'm better than people. It is really intimidating because that is a thing on your shoulder that, especially when you're speaking about God, that you you want to hold yourself to that high standard that sometimes um, maybe you can't 100% of the time. Um, but obviously, you know, like we're saying, we're just we're just speaking. We, we are two friends. Um, trying to give our input on on current situations and um, especially well with today we had we or not today yesterday we had someone come up to us and ask us a certain a certain question and we wanted to touch on that the best that we could um, and yeah. obviously trying to keep it related to uh, to God yeah in the element of this is ninety percent off the cuff like we have our outline and our verses that we're talking about but. 90% of this is just us speaking and thinking. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, I personally feel like actually that's a really good thing for us though. Um, cause it, it makes us, it makes us not be complacent in where we are with our life. No. Well, and it helps you be precise with your words. Yep. Yep. Um, which again, we're going to fail at, but it's that <laughs> uh, process of experimentation and yep. learning. Yeah. Uh, uh, and like like you said on the first podcast, we're learning. We're young. Um, that's kind of our whole point of life is we're learning. And uh, God is right there with us, guiding us along the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, love in friendship. Um, what a lot it? of. Oh, sorry. What does it look like to you? Um, well, I think you can take that sacrificial aspect and you can apply it to friendship as well, where if someone needs you or if you just want to give them a call to check in to yeah. support them. Um, it, when we talk about sacrificial, it's not always giant sacrifices, but when you call someone, you're sacrificing a certain percent of your time. Right. Um, but yeah, that reaching out being there, being encouraging, um, letting them know that you're there for them when they fall or when they yeah. stumble or needs need a hand. Yeah. And on the, on, I kind of want to, I want to tie in a little bit, um, on another podcast that I like to listen to, uh, the order of man by Ryan Mickler. I, I think you listen to him now too. Yeah. Um, he I haven't for a few weeks. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I, he touched on uh, like your time uh, talking about like, hey, I'm not going to say yes to something that I don't want to be there, you know. Uh, but yeah, taking that time and saying, hey, you know, I don't I don't want to come to this this birthday party that you invited me to um, and, and just sacrificing the certain amount of like time, like your time is important. Right. And uh, obviously you want to be there for your friends, but sometimes it's like, well, I got to get this done and I got to get that done. Um, so I can't sacrifice my time. I'm sorry. You know, it is that other aspect of it too, where, um, and, and they will take that as of, Oh, he, he respects his time you know, he wants, he wants certain things with his life, you know, and then they can rely on that saying, oh, he's not just accepting invites and then bailing out on him last second because that looks to them as if they can't rely on you, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and being there for them when you can be there and showing that yep. love and sacrificing yep. that time that helps reinforce when you can't be there that yeah. you're not just pushing them off right, right. You're, because they know when you have the time or if uh, if you place priority on their time yeah. or their well-being at that moment, um, they know that you do care about them and you're not just putting them off. Right. Yeah. So it is that balance, that dichotomy. Yeah. And like I said, that's that's the hardest balance to keep um, for me personally. I and you explained it a little bit, too. Um, I always always have a hard time reaching out um and just keeping connected with the people i love um and like i said you know um the the time value thing that's a really big aspect in a lot of friendship too because um a lot of your friends like say for instance if i accepted every invite that you gave me and then i just jipped out in the last moment then you'd be like oh well he doesn't he doesn't value my time because he said yes and now he's not here and um that's that's more telling to you than if i just say hey i'm sorry man i can't come i like i got stuff to do i really hope you have a good time and maybe we can catch up next week shoot guns have cigars or go get a drink or you know all these things it it really plays into uh the value of your friendship and of course um if they are a friend to you, you want to value them and their time. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it ties back to that image of sacrificial love that, yeah. that Christ displayed for us with that ultimate sacrifice, but on a day-to-day scale. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and like I seen it kind of in our relationship as friends too, um, where I was like just responding and just trying to keep up. Um, but that wasn't really what it was. It was, oh, now I got to respond. And But when I thought about it, I'm like, no, I really value his friendship. Like, why am I only just responding? Or why am I only accepting invites because, oh, you know, I want to keep up with the friendship. It's more of like I need to value him because he is, he is a good person in my life, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, and the same to you. Like, in yeah. fostering that friendship helps to lift both of you up as well right because you know same same deal that applies to marriage of that unity uh-huh. lifting god up and each other up applies right. to friendships as well yeah it applies across the board relationally yep. 
when you love a friend, you want to lift them up and oh, they absolutely. want to lift you up. Yep. And that's uh, beneficial all around. Mm-hmm. And that's like the main reason, like we explained, that's the main reason we started this podcast is for one, it's going to grow our relationship as friends. And for two, um, it's going to glorify God in such an amazing way that, you know, not necessarily we'll ever know. Um, like, like you said, we're just here talking with, with a recording. Um, we, we have these conversations outside of recording. So it's, yeah. it's not like, oh, we're just putting on a front. It's more of, wow, this is something that maybe somebody needs to hear. Why don't we record it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's taking that, that stand that is needed in culture of Christians voicing the truth. Yeah. Which that is something that I believe is lacking, especially in the mainstream sphere. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of counter truths are promoted. Mm-hmm. Um, not to discredit the people saying them, you want to keep in mind that most people are trying to do what is right. They just may not be approaching it the correct way, which is there are aspects in our lives that we do that as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I want to speak on time as, as good as possible because I mean, there are things that you have to value your time over some other things. Um, and, not not trying to be like, oh, this is my time, so uh, I can't let anybody else have it. It's more of like, you know, I I do need to catch up on homework tonight, maybe, you know, so I can't come hang out. I'm sorry. You know, that kind of thing. It's like you value the fact that you want to grow your, your life and your potential family. And and uh, a true friend really will respect that, um, especially if it's done right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I had a couple of questions on here. Um, one of them I kind of wanted us to answer. Another one is kind of more rhetorical. Uh, I I learned uh, all my my setup off of my dad, so it it's uh, kind of how my dad likes to structure things. But so take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. No, it's not great. Kidding. No, I'm, I'm kidding. kidding. <laughs> um, but. So I had these two questions. Um, What does love mean in friendship? You mean from like an application? Yeah. Or from a more just in in general. Yeah. I mean, however you can explain that. What Um, do you think? hmm. Well, it ties back into that. Like we've been talking about the sacrificial, you know, Mm -hmm. from an application standpoint sacrificing time to call them, sacrificing time to go hang out when they want to hang out. Um, And again, it's not always, it can sound like it's a constant, okay, I'll go be there for them right? But it's also just to hang out, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, So from the application side, sacrificing time to be there for them. Um, Then, or I guess what, what it's, what's your thoughts? Um, well, personally, uh, well, I just had it on the top of my head, but I can't, I can't really explain uh, what I was thinking. But um, the the aspect of, um, well, you guys specifically, you and you and Abby, um, 
you guys kind of speaking in some things in my life like oh hey maybe that's not a great idea or like just think about it before you do it or you know stuff like that um i think that's also a really good aspect of love and a friendship because you guys are lovingly telling me hey that's wrong <laughs> you yes. know or hey maybe you should just think about it and then if you feel it's right then hey that's that's you you know um and I think that really, um, I think that helps, helps obviously grow the friendship because then you can kind of not necessarily rely on the other person or, or the other friend, but kind of, uh, speak into them and ask them their thoughts on things because you trust their opinion. Oh yeah. That's a very good point. Cause it's not always just physically being there. It's bringing forth your opinion because again, there's always merit in getting other opinions because when you're looking at something in your life you're right in the middle of it right whereas someone else is standing outside they can view it from a different way that right. doesn't mean they're always going to come to a different conclusion they yeah. might have the same conclusion but they might have a different way that you could approach that solution right yeah um, yeah and I, I i think that's a really big aspect of just being a loving friend or even a companion. Um, I mean, that's why there's two of you in a relationship, right? Is so one could have a different, maybe not a wrong opinion, but a different way of looking at it that the other person just didn't have. Um, and they can kind of speak into that. Uh, well, you guys probably do it all the time, you and Abby, um, where maybe you have a, a very strong opinion on something and then Abby's like, well, just think about it. Like, what if it was this way or what if it was certain, you know, what if it was the other way or, you know, like, especially when it comes to um, this beautiful like house that you guys built, there's probably things that you guys are like, oh, well, what if, what if we did it this way? It might be a little more costly, but in the long run, it's going to look better or in the long run, it's going to be better for both of us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not always a binary. It's not always... I'm right, you're wrong, or you're right, I'm wrong. It's oftentimes also more gray where it's like, you are right, but, but you yeah. can add in this element, Yeah. but you could view it from this angle. And, and it's it's that, uh, it's actually what we just touched on too. It's that coming to a common ground um, in a lot of what you do, even as, especially as friends actually. Um, there's some things that like, oh yeah, well, I don't see why that wouldn't work, but have you thought of it this way? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's very, very beneficial. And that's why, especially when it comes to political topics, uh, something I've been trying to work on is viewing the other side. And again, not just political, but also theological. Right. Um, viewing the other side, not as in this opposition because they're evil, but because they could also be trying to do the right thing, but they're viewing it from a different way that you are. And there is some knowledge that I can gain from them, even if they're incorrect. Mm -hmm. There is some element that I can gain from their perspective yep. and vice versa. Yeah. And that's kind of just what I've been trying to touch on a little bit. And I think you explained that pretty well. Yeah. Um, and I think that I know that's a big <laughs> thing that's wrong with our political system of the red versus blue and yeah. 
I'm on the side of right and I, you are on the side of wrong. And there is, at some elements, a binary where truth is truth, um, a falsehood is false. Yeah. But yeah. demonizing someone who has the other opinion isn't always the right thing to do. So, like, for example, all right, we're going to get canceled. Abortion <laughs> is bad. Yeah. In yeah. yeah, abortion is bad. It is it is murder of a child. Yep. But when I'm approaching someone who has a different view, instead of viewing it as they're in favor of murdering children, m there are some people who might have a twisted um, perspective like that. But most people are viewing it through different lenses of, well, what about the girl? And, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, and, and it's keeping that in mind, like this person isn't necessarily evil right they're wanting they're wanting um good policy in their in their view um so let's work together yeah because you're not the enemy right you just yeah. have an opinion that is differing is, from mine yes yeah. and and again not to discredit the truth because truth is truth yeah um but we can we can just come we can approach it so much better yeah uh, and have and and having that in perspective helps foster these good dialogues that will give us a better view of yeah. oh okay like I I didn't view it from that aspect let's right. let's add that variable into this equation and what what conclusion do I come do I come out of it with yeah. uh, might be still the same conclusion right but I also have this nuance that I didn't have before right exactly yeah uh, I think that that's actually a pretty good I think that touches on it really well um just the the varying aspects of well friendship relationship um and even uh I guess I guess I could call it relationship in between two different uh, uh personalities too yeah um because realistically there are many situations I find myself um approaching in a bad way and I'm like man I could have approached that way differently or um, or I could have hit it on the head sooner or I could have, you know, and it, it is finding that common, not necessarily common ground, but finding that the right way to approach it to where like, say you are a Christian talking to an atheist. There's always ways that you can be, um, accepting of what they believe or not accepting understanding of what they believe. Yeah. But you could speak into that and say, Hey, I understand why you believe that you've had certain situations that have pushed you out of Christianity or, or vice versa, or pushed you into Christianity. I, I understand. And I am very glad that's the way you think. Let me talk into you and, and let me speak to you on why I think this is, this is wrong. Um, and I think there's nothing wrong with that. Um, for one, it's never going to, I don't feel it's ever going to really change someone's opinion. But it makes them think. Um, it what we like to use, what I like to use, is planting the seed. Um, it, you know, some some seeds that you plant don't ever grow, but it's still there, and people have to think about it. Yeah, um, and it's if that, they, it's that parable, right? Yeah, and if they think about it and come to the same conclusion that they they were at before, at least they thought about it. At least they, you know, took it and, like you were saying, put it into that equation and. Yeah, they came out with the same outcome, but they still, you know, maybe later down the life, uh, down in their life, 
they have to come back and reevaluate that same equation. And maybe they do come out of, a, you know, that equation with a different, you know, a different uh, understanding or a different viewing. Um, maybe they don't. And so it is that uh, striking, striking a good conversation between somebody or a good understanding between somebody. Yeah. And that big key element br- brings us back to that love because even, you know, we're supposed to, Jesus is love. We're supposed to be conveying that to all others. Oh yeah. In that dialogue with say an atheist, we're supposed to be loving them. And our goal as Christians is to speak the truth and, um, lead them to Christ because at the end of the day, I want the best for that person. Right. And that unconditional love that Christ offers us that applies to them too, if they accept it. And so what's the best way to convey that where you said like some things may have turned them off from Christianity. Oftentimes it's Christians who are approaching them from a bad perspective, a a perspective that isn't rooted in love for them, which is, which is manifested in, uh, let's come together. Let me, let me try to give you some knowledge it manifests itself without love as you're wrong, you're going to hell, right? you know? Yeah. And whereas, well, maybe that's true, but is that the tactful way? Is that the loving way? Is yeah. that the most beneficial way to yep. convey that? Yep. I, I think that that touches that really, uh, like I said, that hits that on the head pretty well. Um, well, I wanted to get into this second question, and this is more of like uh just a rhetorical and we can, we could speak on it too, if you want. Um, but why is love for us? Um, and I know that's very, a very harsh sentence. I, I came up with that like last night. Um, but kind of what I meant by that is why was love created for humans in the first place? Um, me personally, I feel like it's a unity. Um, and it's, it is what God shows us. Um, so it is what we're supposed to show others. Yeah. And when you experience that true love, that is the highest, that's the highest form of, of good that you can experience. Um, whereas the highest form of good you can experience from a physical perspective of say, I, I built this, I built this beautiful thing that falls short of that of a unconditional love yeah. that you experience where uh-huh. i think i think love is love is the highest um what's the term just the best thing we can experience yeah, yeah. you know it's the pinnacle is yep. that love um and that's why we should be striving to um show that to others and um experiencing it um, both from a spiritual level with with God and um, from those around us. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I, I think we had a great conversation. I agree. That was a, yeah. Um, obviously, you know, there's a lot more aspects of love um, that necessarily we didn't bring up, but they could they could come up in a future. But um, I, I do think we did touch on a lot of the 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 more important. Uh, aspects of it and 
when it comes to love, it is, like I said, it is a very, very hard topic for some people. Um, for me for a long time, actually, um, not necessarily the, the friendship aspect, but more of the romanticized love aspect, because obviously, like I explained multiple times, I've been single for the majority of my life. So I've never really, um, I like to explain it as I never gotten it right, but that's not the right term because it's not about getting it right. It's about, um, well, I don't know, finding, finding the, the correct love, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. And striving to approach it in that right way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, this has been a bit a good podcast, I think. I agree. No, yeah, we started out with our topic, and um, it very it flowed very well through yeah. the whole conversation. And I think we did we did a good job in tying it back through our whole conversation. 